recorded live, Union Inn, Washington, D.C., 1112, 3rd Street, Northeast. We are Steps to Nomagayudet Metro. Nice, brisk walk to Union Station. And a leisurely jaw to the Capitol, Capitol Hill. I am the illustrious Innkeeper Freddy, host extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Guestbook Podcast. Guestbook Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're all my fans of 1990s animated series. Stand up. Superman, he done swooped in. To make sure that our guest, who's been here for what now, four or five weeks? Five. Five weeks yeah. was okay. Just like get a couple days away from the kids. They love him very much, but they having a nice little adult weekend here. Dad of the year, Niels Johnson. He's in the building. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Superman. From the 90s animated series. Oh, yeah. Why'd you choose this? I am a humongous Superman fan. Superman's the type of person that, even though he's got all these powers and all these abilities, all he's trying to do is just do the right thing. No matter what you're given, some people are given more, some people are given less, but you're trying to be a good person, trying to stand up for everyone else. And that's what I like about it. And uh, I really like soundtracks, too. And it's the ones that really make you upbeat and pumped that I really enjoy. And this is just one that just really makes me feel good to hear the the drums and the, the, the horn and just all the sounds. The, the music in general just makes you feel good. Have you seen every single episode of the 90s animated series? I, I actually own all. There's three seasons of it, and I, I have all three. So yeah, I got them in high school. I remember having my little portable DVD player, so on sports trips, I'd be watching it. You used to play football? I did, yep. In high school and college, or just, just high, high school? Just high school, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I have to say, I don't think I'd let my kids play. Why not? Uh, I have a terrible memory, and I honestly believe it's because of football. Really? Yeah. We had, oh, you know... My coaches would always say in practice, you know, the harder you hit, the less it hurts, which was total crap. <laughs> no, not not true. Do you think that you've suffered a concussion? No, I know I haven't. Uh, there was one time when I was in a game where they feared I had, and I was actually taken to the hospital. Were you knocked out? Uh... For a second, right? I think so. Yeah, I was on the ground. I didn't get up for a while, mm. but I, I'm pretty sure I was conscious. But they they took me off the field, and I went to the hospital. Man, did it just <laughs> let you go? Or did you spend the night? I mean, was it serious no, it was or was just, it just a? Uh, they didn't have to spend the night, but I was there for observation for a little bit, and they just checked me out and, you know, did the whole eye test and everything, and I checked out, and I didn't have any problems. 
the eye test in the sense of they flashed a light in your eyes yeah, or yeah, you know, eye like test the, in the sense of looked at you like, yeah, he looks all right. <laughs> like the flash the eyes, like, you know, follow my eyes, your pupils aren't dilated or anything. Gotcha. You're good. Okay. He's never passed the eye test. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's got the big S on his chest, man. <laughs> Superman over there. You grew up on military bases in Germany and Japan. Mm-hmm. You were born in the States, though. Yes, I was born in Utah. In Ogden? or Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. Do you speak German and do you speak Japanese? I speak neither language. Okay. Even though if any language I should speak, it should be German because I was there from 18 months to 12 years old. That was prime language learning time. And I was a kid, so honestly, I blame my parents for that one. They should have encouraged it, maybe. Did any of your siblings or your parents pick up German? Yes, my sisters. Well, they took... German in school that was a language requirement for middle school or high school and they did German so I know they definitely learned it I don't think they remember it now because it's been so long and you know two years of high school anything what do you remember (laughs) give them three months in Germany they'll be right back on maybe yeah Dubis Dina Ed Bannon I remember just dumb phrases I just called you a strawberry I just love how you (laughs) you can take such an innocent phrase like Merry Christmas and it turns into <laughs> yeah, it's very consonant heavy. What was it like when you guys rolled up with seven kids piling out of the car in Europe? Did you get a lot of stares? Uh, not that I remember. My parents, though, definitely made sure to reiterate not to be what they call an ugly American. Mm-hmm. You know, try to be respectful. Don't make lots of noise. And, you know, don't be annoying. If you didn't open your mouth, though, would they have been able to tell that you were American? I don't think so. I mean, maybe the uh, 49ers jacket probably would be yeah. way, but I mean, I could probably pass as German if I didn't open my mouth at all. After 12, you moved to Japan, I'm assuming? Yes, yeah. So we moved... Uh, and that was 12 to 18? Yeah. We lived in two places in Japan. Iwakuni, which is the southern tip of the main island, Honshu, for a year. And that was a marine base. And then we moved... To Misawa Air Force Base my dad was a teacher so we weren't even in the military either that's what's funny my dad was a teacher wow yeah yeah so but that's where I played football too so I played sports and uh, the nearest base for us to play against was 12 hours away near Tokyo wow and so we would uh, take 12 hour bus rides leave Thursday night at 10 roll up at 10 on a Friday morning and then get into our little hotels, maybe go do a practice and either have a game that night or have a game on Saturday. And then we'd leave right after the game. Did you develop a love for sushi while out there? You know what's funny? <laughs> the first time I actually had sushi was when I came to the U.S. Wow. <laughs> it didn't seem appetizing over there. But I do remember having um, squid jerky. Mm. And the weirdest thing I ate in Japan was cow tongue. Mm. It's very soft, right? Yeah, yeah. They called it mystery meat. They didn't want to tell us because it was I was with a youth group. Uh, it wasn't until after everybody had dinner that they told us what it was. Having those experiences over there, do you feel that any part of German or Japanese culture has influenced the person that you are now? Yeah, I, I'm very grateful for my experiences. I think it's shaped who I am and how I think very, very much and with how open I am, just accepting of other people. It's awesome. You both went to Weber State. 
correct right. mm-hmm. yeah okay. what did you major in uh, I majored in electronic media with an emphasis on video production and do you do a job that relates to that now uh, yeah I do I'm a um, well first and foremost I'm a stay-at-home dad okay and I am a freelance the job is called utility and it's basically I assist with the setup of live events so football college games professional sports I help set up the cameras and I help set up equipment and then during the games I'm usually assigned to a handheld camera and it has a massive long cable that I help uh, lay out on the floor as the camera guy goes up and down the field and I bring it back in as we try to make turns and go places so I assist the camera guy with getting him to where he needs to be to get the shot do you stick to a specific sport it's funny, I've got a, I have a couple jobs for several different production companies. I've done college ESPN games, hmm. uh, but I've also done, uh, I work for Utah Jazz, the NBA team in Salt Lake City. Okay. And I work, uh, I've done Real Salt Lake soccer games. Okay. Uh, MLS. And let's see. I did golf for the first time last month or a month and a half ago. That was really fun. So it's it varies. So you have the hookup for all the tickets. Oh, I wish, you know, honestly, I get that question a lot too, but uh, I honestly, I wouldn't even know the first place to go to even try and get tickets. So it's, I just, I get my pass and I'm, I'm there working. This job does allow me to be in positions where I get to cross paths and just see or witness these star athletes. I've had a friend get chewed out by LeBron James too. <laughs> uh, he was in the locker room and LeBron James was talking to a buddy and he was a utility too with the camera guy and the camera guy was just getting shots of some of the players getting ready. Mm-hmm. And when you're utility, you know, you just can't help but look around and he's listening to LeBron James. He's looking at him. LeBron notices he's looking at him and says, you good, man? <laughs> he just says, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And he's, my friend turns and, you know, looks away. Which is like LeBron caught him starstruck. Yeah, yeah, basically. But it, like LeBron's just telling this maybe I don't know if it was a personal story or just he was just telling a joke to a buddy, a friend, and here's this guy just listening in. But like Donovan Mitchell, so I'm just walking underneath the underside of the the arena and he's just crossing past. He just got done with an interview. It was Christmas Day last year, I think, the first time the Jazz has played on Christmas in a long in time. Twenty years. Yeah. Twenty years. But I just said, Hey, Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas, man. It's just like <laughs> Like that's cool. That's yeah, just cool Christmas to see these. Out there. Yeah, you, you treat them like a human being. Yeah. You so say you freelance. Mm-hmm. Are you hired by the actual team, or are you hired by a contractor that is hired by the team? It depends on the sport. Like for me, I am for the NBA, for the Jazz, for the Utah Jazz. I actually am hired by the uh, Larry H. Miller, the company that owns the Jazz. But uh, I've also been hired by ESPN, and usually the hiring sometimes happens through a third party. Wow. It's like those, there's several production companies that ESPN, the big companies hire the lower companies that then hire us. And so ESPN yeah. gives them the money, then they give us the money. Yeah. So. And in our pre-talk, you had brought up something quite interesting that I'm sure not many people have really thought about. In any one game, you can have four different video crews yeah yeah running around on the floor so you'd said there's the local broadcast the look yep then there's the away teams broadcast. broadcast then there's the jumbotron jumbotron yeah 
And then if it's an important game or big game, you'll have a national yeah. video squad. So like, ESPN, like ESPN or TNT. TNT. And does NBA TV fall under that, or is that a whole separate thing as well? I think NBA TV is their own thing too. Yeah. So what what's curious to me is, do those overlap at all? So, for example, you'll be working utility for one of the cameras that's doing local broadcast, but the away team's broadcast is kind of piggybacking and using that same feed. Yeah, so it depends. So, like, ESPN, you have their own cameras, their own setup, but then you have, like, a local and away team that they sometimes might be together, but generally they're apart, too. So each one has their own director that's picking which cameras are showing on the TV. So there's several control rooms. Yes, yeah. We've had as many as like three or four trucks parked in the base. So that's done in the truck. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Okay. And they're all patched into the big panel with audio and video cables and everything. Does the home team ever have their own control room in the stadium? Or is everything always done from this remote? Everything's done remotely in their own trucks. Yeah. Because the trucks, they are... They travel. They go all over the place. Sometimes they stay for a while, like if there's, you know, back-to-back games or we'll be here Wednesday night for a game and there's going to be a game Friday too. So the truck sometimes won't even leave. Yeah, I guess it, the local broadcast half the time is an away broadcast. And it's the same people, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. And it's like an 18-wheeler, right? Yeah. Like a big shipping container that they turn into a control room. Yep. Have you ever been chewed out? by another team for getting in their way not that I can recall we usually are pretty good about staying out of each other's way and like in fact I've actually seen it where they've uh, they're both trying to hit the same person but they don't know when they're coming and so sometimes guys will switch off like hey if you get this guy while I'm like getting dinner or something like the walk when they're coming into the arena then they'll actually send them hey here's the shot that I got so sometimes there's collaboration. That's like at the that. cameraman level. Yeah, but they'll—I mean—they'll talk to their they'll director and gotcha. yeah. And so from a behind-the-scenes standpoint, how many people are we talking? Probably thirty people per crew. Wow. At like, the, or twenty, maybe twenty. I'm trying to think. Who are all these people? You got camera guys. You've got utilities camera guys. You've got audio guys. You've got V ones, V twos. What's so the v- one? Sorry, that's like there's different levels. So like we have a, a guy that's helping tell us where the cameras go, which would be like the V2 or V1, video one, video two. So they're the ones that would be like connecting the truck to the panel of the arena that's then connecting to the panels on the floor for all the wires or for all the cables. It's like the tech guy behind video stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you have like you'd have like an A1 and an A2. That's audio. Yeah, so A1 would be in the truck, but the A2 guys are the ones that are out of the truck putting the microphones where they need to be like for the talent or for the interview they mic the rim now too right you're right they do so when you've got a above the rim camera uh it's a robotic camera up there Mm -hmm. you wouldn't see the microphone but you're right they do have the the rims mic too and is it motion detected that robotic no so the robotic camera is there's someone sitting underneath the bleachers moving it Wow. When it's low-key game, it's one guy doing both cameras. Mm. But then when it's like ESPN, each camera has its own own operator. Um, and you'd have like the director, and you'd have the people working inside of the truck. So like graphics operator and replay operator. And then like the timekeeper 
that would make sure that you know they're coming back on for during commercials or when they're taking breaks <laughs> so there's a yeah they say 20 to 30 people per crew and and sometimes there can be three crews okay I have the story from Olivia of okay. how you all met. Okay. Now it's your turn. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to get everything concise. I grew up overseas in Germany and Japan. My brother, older brother, Nick, got married to Olivia's sister, Ellen. And I lived on the military base, and every summer we'd come back to visit family. And it was the summer that Nick and Ellen got married that's when i met livy's family and they have a olivia has a sister laurel who is my age and so when nick and alan got married they actually tried to set us up and we went on a date probably i think it was just a movie and um nothing really came of it i went back to japan and when i graduated i graduated high school on a military base in japan i'm i'm number six of seven kids in my family wow and uh, everyone, basically, when they graduate, they go to Utah to live and go to school because my parents have a home in Utah. And so I'm, I'm back in Utah, and we were having a dinner with Olivia's family or having a barbecue, something like that. And we were playing volleyball, and there was some flirtation going on with volleyball. Livy was chucking rocks at people or chucking little dirt clouds at people, just, uh, you know, being a little prankster just teasing people and then all of a sudden I distinctly remember throwing a dirt cloud back at her I think it caught her off guard a little bit because she wasn't expecting anyone to really notice or see what she was doing she was trying to be sneaky about it so there's that and then her family goes to a theme park in Utah pretty much every year uh, Lagoon and uh, she invited me to go to Lagoon sorry and like I told you before I feel like I have a terrible memory from football and I honestly do not, after the volleyball thing, I honestly do not remember this, but I know I invited her to a movie, and I think it was the first Transformers movie. Yeah, I have the ticket. <laughs> so we went to Transformers. So she invited me first to the lagoon, the amusement park, and then I went to, and then I invited her to go see Transformers, and we went and saw Transformers. Now, at this at this same time, I, uh, at the same time, being from Japan, I, um, I had a girl that I was talking to that I, I was honestly, I thought I was in love with. The plot thickens. And uh, I, I th- honestly thought I was going to marry this girl. And uh, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a Mormon, and I went and served a two-year mission. Um, and I was writing this girl, and halfway through my mission, she uh, said, Hey, I met somebody, <laughs> and she got married. Was she a Mormon as well? Yeah, yeah, she was. And you met her in Japan? I met her in Japan, yeah. But she was, I was from Misawa, um, Misawa Air Force Base, which is northern tip of the main island. Mm -hmm. And she lived on Okinawa. (laughs) So we only, there's only like a handful of times we're actually in each other's presence too. Mm -hmm. So it was probably a long shot, but I didn't think it in the (laughs) back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was dear John. And then... I want to say the next girl I went on a date with that actually became a girlfriend for a little bit really is the one that helped us to get together because of what happened. I was going out with this girl. We went out for a couple weeks, became boyfriend or girlfriend. And then after having a good time with her one night, I get a text from her 
and the text says, hey, I'm sorry, I think we're moving too fast. Uh, I think we should break up. I think we should cool it. And I'm devastated because I'm really liking this girl. I'm having a great time with her. And I, I'm, I feel blindsided. It's like, what? I, and I don't say anything. I just say, oh, okay, if that's how you feel, I, I guess I understand. And so I'm, I'm sad. And the next day, I get to school and I sit down on one of the couches in the, in the student union building. And I get a text from her and it says, good morning and congratulations, you passed the test. What? Oh, well, in the past, I've had a boyfriend where I broke up with him and he went all crazy. And my mom and I thought it would be a good idea to see oh, what would gosh. happen if I broke up with you. <laughs> so I'm I'm ticked. I'm ticked at this. Yeah, I'm so mad. Psycho. So to, to recap, you all had gone on your first date to the Lagoon Amusement Park. Mm-hmm. And then you also went to the movies. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that you really don't remember. I don't remember at and, all. And then two years will go by. Two years I'm go on. by, and you have a, a bunch of misadventures with sometimes crazy women. How did you all get to your second date? So, I was at the time going to the gym with my brother, Nick, who is married to Olivia's sister, Ellen. And I'm open around the house, and he comes over and he says, Hey, you going to come to the gym with me? I said, I wasn't really feeling it. And he says, hey, you come to the gym with me and I'll, I'll give you Olivia's number. And so I just ran upstairs and got dressed and we went to the gym. And So what so intrigued you about having my number? She went to Weber State too. I know we ran into each other twice. And I do recall whenever Nick would talk about you and you went out with a guy, Mario. You went out with Mario and he would tell me about Mario. I actually remember feeling jealous Anyways, yeah, so I got a number from my brother. Asked her out. It was the end of the semester. And I remember our first date because uh, I went all out. I sold my textbooks back. So I had a you know, pocket full of cash. And we just went to a place called Boondocks, which is this like arcade, uh, go-kart, mini golf thing. And we did, we did it all. Laser tag, too. And, of course, uh, I won it all. There was the start of her winning it. Won it, it all. Everything. Everything. <laughs> So that's, that's awesome. Sorry, I know it was probably longer than I meant fine. it to be, but it's fine. Story of his life. <laughs> uh, you ready for seven questions? I think so. Yeah, I am ready. What's no. the call, what? y'all? It's the questions. It's the questions, boy. It's the questions. It's the questions. Yeah, the questions. Question number one. Book to add to the library. Of Mice and Men, John Steinbeck. Of Mice and Men was a required high school reading book and one of the only ones that I actually read. Didn't get the cliff notes or anything, but I actually read it and I enjoyed it. It's about two guys. One's handicapped. They're farmhands and like, ooh, I want to say 2030s. Great Depression. Yeah. Big guys mentally handicapped and the little guys helping them out. It's just about them and their life on this farm and interesting ending that's all i'll say number two podcast to subscribe um so one i've been really into lately that i really enjoy because i like his comedy is uh conan o'brien needs a friend okay um i love conan o'brien 
But what I really like about it is he's got his assistant, Sonam Obsession, mm-hmm. and the podcast producer, Matt Gorley, that chime in every once in a while. And just their banter is just hilarious. And the premise is, you know, he's got these people come in to hopefully try and find out if they can be friends. It's funny. I like Conan O'Brien's type of humor. It's self-deprecating. And this like, real Conan. Like, this is him. Not so much a character like he plays. And that's not the first time that podcast has been recommended. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, awesome. At Mark the... Stanton, the uh, public speaking coach, mm-hmm. he was the one that recommended that. I can't remember what episode number it is. But uh, number three, something you didn't know you needed until you got it. You know, I only because I heard what Livy said, I'm going to kind of tack on to it. Kids. Okay. I need them. I love them. I'm so glad I have them with you. Not you, Freddie, with Libby. <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing that your kids caused you to realize that you didn't know before you had them? That life gets harder, but you adapt. Sage words. Everyone says life gets harder. It doesn't get easier, but I haven't found life to be hard, and I think it's because I've adapted, and that my kids have helped me. <laughs> Love it. Number four, bucket list place to travel, place the world that you have been to that you recommend the listeners add to their bucket list. Aomori, Japan, in the winter time, it's north of Misawa. When you're driving through. The snow gets so high there that they have to carve out the roads and you're seriously driving through a road that's got like 10 15 feet high walls of snow banks wow i say that because i love japan there's so many different places i could tell you that's crazy so, oh, so if, you can ski out there yeah oh yeah oh they've got so many ski resorts and stuff out there i remember going i was in the ski and snowboard club in high school uh, I felt like it was cheap. When I got to Utah, I didn't do much skiing and snowboarding because it's expensive. It's like a third of the price in Japan. Number five, 50-mile detour restaurant. Oh, man, Olivia already took the one I was going to say, but I'm going to, because I, I grew up in Germany. If you guys ever go to Germany, mm-hmm. there's a place called the Hofbrauhaus House in Munich. Ah, I've been there. Oh, have you? Yeah, I was the only black guy in the room. Uh, <laughs> Where they're playing the instruments and everything, and, oh, yeah. and their lederhosen oh, and whatnot. I, I oh, had it's a ball. Oh, I bet that's so good. That's awesome that you've been there. But yeah, the Hopper House. It's a restaurant. It's got. I don't know what the official name of it is. I was told it was called a pig knuckle, but it's like basically the knee of a pig that's cooked, and it's just the meat falls right off the bone. Oh, it's so good. Number six, your number one skill. Is your number one honed craft? I would say video editing. Okay. It's what I went to school for. It's what I did as a kid. I mean, I'm not the best at it, but it's definitely a skill that I've actually worked on. Do you freelance for that? I have. I've done wedding videos. Mm-hmm. But in Utah, you know, the Mormon population is high and lots of weddings and lots of videographers. I wonder, like, for people that have these podcasts, say, hey, I can do your video. Might there be a lane for you to do that in Utah. Yeah, that's true. Didn't think about that. Yeah, you're right. That would be totally in my lane. 
Last but certainly not least, number seven, your number one talent. Water boy. Bobby Boucher? <laughs> not, not that type of water boy. More of like, I am a fantastic swimmer. Really? Yeah, I love to swim. One of my favorite things to do is to just go from one end of the pool down and back one breath. Wow. I love good breath. Control. I love doing that. I really just like to be in the water and just just float. So just anything to do with water, so but I'm I'm fantastic swimmer. I remember what you were gonna say for talents. What? Losing weight. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Sorry. Let me add something here. I'm a big guy currently, mm-hmm. but when I get my mind and I set my mind to it, I am fantastic at losing weight. <laughs> Uh, my family used to do these biggest loser competitions with each other and when I got focused I could drop 40, 50 pounds now keeping it off is a different <laughs> so you're like a sprinter more than a, a marathoner yeah 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 there you go yeah so but that was just that was kind of a joke sidebar yeah yeah but uh, I'd say swimming alright this is great this is absolutely great Niels if the listeners at home wanted to reach out to you just to hire you to record video of their podcast for their YouTube channel, how would the listeners go about reaching you? I probably have a Twitter. I don't know if it's active or anything. But I would go with, if you, anyone really wanted to reach out to me, you can either look me up on Facebook, Niels Johnson, N-I-E-L-S Johnson. Utah or my email Neil you can check me out I only have old videos on there but Neil's the fish see there's a water yeah, thing there it is Neil's the fish what about your email uh, Neil's F Johnson at gmail.com how about you Olivia you wanna you wanna drop your contact info again no <laughs> alrighty Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another great edition of Gasbook Podcast. If you want to reach me, my email is innkeeper at unionindc.com. And the website is unionindc.com. And the Instagram handle is at unionindc. For the podcast, at Gasbook Pod. And my personal, if you want to shoot me some pictures from the Hofbrau House, at Innkeeper Freddy with the two D's and an I-E. Again, Niels, Olivia, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Anytime, Double D, Freddy. Anytime. And hopefully um, when you guys come back to D.C. with the fam, you guys stay at the house next door, get everybody on here, and have a, a, a big family podcast. And you guys will have entire vacation week to enjoy DC and take in all the sights. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. That's the stomach thing, right? <laughs> Where they're talking back and forth to each other. That is good. <laughs>
crying out in the darkness and oh. mine is not answering. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. 